listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do? And today we're going to, I'm not even sure exactly how to title this, talk about resilience in behavior, in dog behavior, bounce back from adversity. Coping mechanisms? Co- oh, yeah, there you go. Ooh, that's a big, big word on a Friday. <laughs> Coping is, uh, I think, the, the good term. I use bounce back. <laughs> yeah. Resilience. Yeah. 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 It's all a matter of how any being, human, equine, feline, bovine, copes with adversity. I mean, it, and life is full of it. It's learning how to, to cope with things. Silence. <laughs> Kate's coping with this. Um, yeah, so in the puppy classes, there are times when I deliberately have the owners stress their puppies. We may bring out umbrellas mm-hmm. or flap a trash bag, something that it might make a puppy go, whoa, what was that? Toys make funny noises. Yeah, little kids' preschool toys and things like that. And then teach the owner how to walk their puppy through it so that the puppy can learn, oh, that startled me. Now what should I do about it? Should I freak out and run? Or should I look to my owner for guidance? Okay, Mm -hmm. let's talk about that, should I turn and run? We all have a fight or flight instinct. Right. When something... I would add a third, freeze. Or freeze, yeah. Fight, freeze, or flight. When something is a potential threat or real threat, we can either step up to the plate, so to speak, and fight or challenge that threat. We can freeze in place, like we talk about a deer in the headlights of Mm -hmm. a car, and hope that we're not seen or that the threat will go away. Or the one that people are often most familiar with, flight, run away. And I see all three responses in puppies, in class. Sure. On the day that we deal with fear. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you have to learn your puppy and learn what there's their most likely, um, whether it's going to be freeze, flight, or fight, and but learn the coping mechanisms to learn so that they can learn how to deal with it mm-hmm. instead of just losing their minds and going with instinct. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about my three dogs right now. Bashir, when he was a baby, he was willing to step up to everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not so much to fight it, but what are you? What is this? What do I need to do with it? So he didn't automatically go in fighting, but he went in, who, what, where, where, who are you? And he's a confident, he's been a confident boy for many years. And that was his willingness to step up. Right. Flight is not in his vocabulary. Now, my middle boy, Cisco, who's a rescue, his is flight first, get to a safety zone, then turn around and look. Right. And he's 
he's not quite the freeze once he gets to the safety zone, but he's definitely the thinker. Let me get away from this thing, whatever it might be, get to a safety distance, which for him is, depending on what it is, is probably about 20 yards. I mean, he's got a big, not a panic, run forever until I get hit by a car and die, but get away from it and let me see. And then he'll turn around and think about it. And he'll think about it a long time. And then he either might come back or he'll go away. Bones, I don't think I've ever seen Bones run. He will freeze and he'll stand his ground and he'll go investigate. He's not as bold as Bashir, but he doesn't run either. He's in the middle of the road. Mm. And when they investigate, it's often with you by their side. Oh, definitely. So you're teaching them what Uh it is. Yeah. In fact, we have a verbal cue for that. What is it? Let's go see. And mine is check it out. Uh huh. Check it out means you have permission. It's not going to injure you. Let's check it out together. Mm-hmm. So I started that with my uh, rescue Roddy, Gina, because she came to me so incredibly fearful of and everything. And damaged. And damaged. And she was a freeze unless the thing pushed in on her, the person or the object that was scary, and then she'd fight at it. So she didn't attack fight. But she right. would freeze, and then if pushed, would snap. Um, the fear snapper. So with her, yeah, I mean, when I first brought her home, the next night, I was cooking, and I had a spatula in my hand, and I was waving it while I was talking, and I looked around, and as I was waving that spatula in the air, she peed and fell into it. That's how scared she was that I had this weapon in my hand. So from that day, I was like, okay, we have. To, she has to learn how to cope with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I cannot be keeping all of my, I cannot throw away all of my spatulas. Right. Life goes on. Life goes on. I mean, I do it at home all the time, you know, between with the dogs and my horse. Yeah. Right now, it's like, you know what, this is life. I'm going to mow, you're going to still work. Somebody else is going to do whatever. And horses life. are particularly prone to the flight. Yes. They're prey animals. Dog Mm -hmm. is essentially a predator. Mm -hmm. And horse is a prey animal. Everybody eats them. Yeah. And staying with your compadres and running away is how you live another day. Mm -hmm. So dealing with that flight instinct in a horse is vital. Yeah. That's how horses um, run into fences and break legs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is a whole new world. So you've got this 1,200-pound, not a puppy. (laughs) But, uh, but even, you know, even with the horses, I don't, I mean, the dogs, whatever happens, they, yep, yep, got this new thing. Ooh, worried about it? Let's go check it out. Move Ye- up on it. Yesterday, with Rio, we're doing recalls here at the yard, and there was a chair that's normally, it's never seen in the yard. One of our students <laughs> brought a folding camp chair, because oh. she's not doing well, and so she was sitting in that chair, and she got up to do something, just as you called Rio, uh-huh. and he had to go past the empty, weird-looking chair. She got, like, three quarters to me, and then goes, oh, crap! What's that? And he did oh, like so it little... was. He's seen camp chairs before, but it was oh, something yeah. out of place. Yes, out of place in our, in our yard. In our, yeah. <laughs> it's at home. We have it all the time. I use it all the time. No issues. It was out of well, place. Well, a different here. color, and yeah. her jacket was hanging over the back of it. All of that, and it's <laughs> it's not something we typically have at the field. Yeah, but what's nice, he, he did run away from it. Yeah, he just did a little bit of a detour, but then came to me, kind of like, "Mom, what is that?" And we went up, and he once he's like he realized, it. yeah. But once he went, I was like, "Well, yeah, well, that was silly, Mom, huh?" Like a butt, like a butt, grin, 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 and then we're fine. 
Right. I was so embarrassed. Yeah. 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 But that's the coping mechanism. Yes. Mm-hmm. He learned it as puppyhood. Mm-hmm. He still came to you mm-hmm. and said, what should I think about it? Exactly. Because there are some times that something is dangerous. Oh, yeah. So if it is... Lawnmowers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't introduce your dog to a lawnmower. <laughs> you had somebody ask that in puppy class. I did. I hate to even remind myself, but when talking about fear and all of that, he goes, how do I get my dog over being afraid of the lawnmower? I said, do yeah. not do that. A lawnmower is a dangerous thing. He should be moving away from it. Yeah. Now, I don't want mine to freak out over the vacuum cleaner. Right. But... A lot more? Yeah, that's a good thing to stay away. Well, and that's a classic. The people that say, um, I have to take my dog. Somebody has to take the dog for a walk if we're going to vacuum. You know? or They make arrangements, they accommodations. They change their life so that the dog doesn't have to hear a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, sorry. I got a life to live. Yeah. The dog's going to be part of it. They have to. Well, not only that, it seems to, if it's first it. it's the vacuum, then it's the blender, and then it's He's some, got then it's sound disposal. Yeah. yeah. And before you know it, the dog is afraid to walk through life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So instead of eliminating all the things that could possibly cause noises, how are you going to do that in life? Yeah. Teach them how to deal with that shot of adrenaline. Now, before we go into teaching how to teach that, let's also talk about personalities. There is nature and yes. nurture. Yes. Nature is the way they're born. Cisco was a rescue, but I don't think, even without that situation, I don't think he'd ever be as bold as either Bashir or Bones. Right. He is a much more cautious personality. Mm-hmm. So that's nature. That's who he is. And then nurture the experiences. I didn't get him as a baby puppy as I got the other two. And the other two came from responsible breeders who did everything. I mean, Bones' breeder was, she had slides and different surfaces for them to touch and walk on and roll on. When they were just babies, barely able to toddle. Oh, lots of things and Mm -hmm. sounds and, and squeaky things and grass and ducks they were introduced to ducks <laughs> they were barely walking themselves and she had uh-huh. them oh, around yeah. ducks yeah. so the litter including bones has this incredible oh my gosh the world's an exciting place and it's interesting mm-hmm. and how about that which is just wonderful and Bashir was the same way cisco was born on a ranch in the mountains of arizona with livestock but not much else. And so he's awesome with livestock. In fact, two herding instructors wanted to steal him from me. <laughs> but his but that was not strange and weird to him. Right. Livestock were comfortable. Right, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly, because they were there. But other things he's had to learn. So the nature and nurture is definitely a part of this, too. Not to make excuses for them. I didn't make excuses for Cisco. No. He's learned how to deal with it, and he's come a long, long way. But that deals into the equation. Yeah. I mean, nature, nurture. Walter definitely's nature is to, that's something new. Let me go over there and hit it with my foot. Whereas Quill, your Jack Russell, is a lot like Cisco. He had I a- expected to get a Jack Russell Terrier that would be bold and ready to take on life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he spent most of his first six months of his life in a run. With his litter mates off and on, whatever. Yeah. But just not a whole lot of new stuff, so. He was not a problem solver. He was very, very cautious. 
and still is somewhat cautious. He's bolder. So the coping skills needed for Walter, Bashir, Bones, Rio are different from the coping skills needed for Cisco and Quill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's... Problem solving is, I think, part of the being able to bounce back. Mm-hmm. So it's a problem. This thing has me worried. How am I going to deal with it? Walter's always been a problem solver. You know, mm-hmm. you give him a problem and he will attack it 25 ways from Sunday mm-hmm. until he gets something out of it. When Quill came and I gave him a food dispensing <laughs> puzzle, he went over and said, oh, there's food in there. And looked at me and looked at the puzzle and said, oh, I guess I can't have it and walked away. Then I, you know, I had to pick my job off the ground. I mean, Walter would have shredded it if needed to get to it. To teach him to problem solve, I had to take a clear water, empty water bottle, cut it in half, and put treats in there, and let him knock around basically a plastic cup until one fell out. And he was so amazed and pleased. Wow! I can get food on my own! Cool! And each time I cut off less of the bottle until it came to the neck and all the above. So he learned to look at a problem and work on how to solve it. With me acting as cheerleader. Yeah, you can do it. Get it, get it. Or try this thing. Yeah, cool. So he's much better at it. But still, he still has a, oh, it's there. Okay, huh. I'm not sure I can get it or not, so I'll just go chase a lizard. His sister, in the same litter, is Boulder. And they were primarily raised in the same environment. So, so there's the nature and nurture. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, on the good side, that makes him a nice, calm dog. <laughs> yeah, for Jack. Exactly. <laughs> we were at a walk today, and this older couple was like, is that really a Jack Russell Terrier? I said, yes, it is. <gasps> He's so calm. We want one. I said, this is not typical of the breed. Please believe me. Please. Okay. This is an, you know, I was surprised by him for a long time as well. So unless he's going after a critter, but even when he first came to me, if the lizard ran, fine. If it went into the hole, it was gone forever. Mm-hmm. Now he'll work on the hole. He'll he'll jump above it, beyond it, below it. He'll move around. He's still working on some critter that's living under my shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the the one you sh- you're not quite sure whether it's a skunk or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not I thought sure you I were going to find I out. I thought you were going to do something about that. <laughs> well, maybe the fact that I just slid the shed over, I think might have caused it to leave because he still goes back and check, but he's not frantic about it. So I think it's an old hole now. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. Yeah. So in so in the puppy class, let's talk about how we teach the owners to teach their puppies the how to skills. deal with with things that might startle them or um, make them afraid or angry for that matter okay well let's take a break we'll be back in a few minutes and then we'll talk to the talk to how to teach them yeah how to teach them okay we'll be back in a minute sit stay it's a doggy dog world we'll be right back after a short pause well more to be exact The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. 
day. Dyson, music to your ears. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio, and we want to hear from you. I am now with you every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. I hear him in the West Coast. That makes it noon back in the East here on PetLifeRadio.com. So when we get callers who call in a question about their pet or email me a question that I read live on air, Kong is going to send out a free Kong toy. So you get free advice, lots of information, and a ProSense and or a Kong toy just for calling in here to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on Pet Life Radio. That is a great deal. So you can call in at 877-385-8882 or you can drop me an email to Dr. Jeff at Pet Life Radio. We want you to take advantage of me because that's why I'm here. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. All right, talking more about how to teach puppy owners how to teach their puppies coping skills. That sounds very convoluted, but... And it, it's not just puppies, but that's how we start. Right, we start them. We've been talking about teaching puppy class owners in puppy class, puppy owners, how to teach their puppies coping <laughs> skills. <laughs> because we will deliberately bring out something that might cause them right. to have a reaction. So we explained that, squeaky toys, umbrellas. What do we tell the puppy owners? Be ready to help your puppy cope. Teach them that even if they're afraid, Mm -hmm. that you will step forward and model for them how you want them to behave. And be happy about it. You want them to be brave. You say, oh, look, I can touch it. And not only that, but it gives out treats, whatever this thing is. Occasionally, we do get the puppy that goes, that scared me. I'm going to rip it apart. So then it's like, whoa, settle down, relax. So then they won't get rewards until they step forward quietly. I'd say majority. Some need a little little help. They're like hesitant. They move back. But then there's some, I'd say at least, what, less than half are just bold. They're like, oh, it's that. We'll just walk right into it. We'll just sit on it. And that's great. And then I have to mm-hmm. say, okay, not worried about this one. Let's right. try something Let's try else. Let's try something else. Exactly. Because we got to exactly. find something first. And, of course, their age will affect if they're in the process of uh, teething. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're a lot more likely yeah. to be worried about stuff. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. If Their child's hurt and their teeth are falling out. And they're hot. And yeah. itchy yeah. and they yeah. don't feel good. Yeah, you don't really want to experience something new. I'm there. grumpy when I come back from the dentist. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> but all other things being equal, it's and the things I don't want to see is the owner dragging the puppy up to the scary object. That doesn't... If you like forcing him into it. Here, puppy, force. go be brave. <laughs> or even worse, grabbing him by the collar and pushing him ahead of them. Yeah. Go look at that thing. Yeah. Get over it. Get over it. And that <laughs> no. that does not teach. And then the other side is the owner who's got the puppy squished to them. And it's okay, baby. It's all right. That's not scary. Umbrellas are all right. 
yeah. as though the puppy, or any dog for that matter, is going to understand that string of words. Yes. Yeah. All they understand is they're being squished to their owner, and the owner's nervous. So and it it's because be of that scared. thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That umbrella scared my mom, so I have to be scared. Yeah. 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 Comfort, and that's why we say don't comfort the puppy. Not so much because you shouldn't comfort something that's afraid, but they often do it in a way that feeds the fear. Right. You know, it, I don't mind taking a moment to settle. Oh, okay. All right. Settle down now. It's all right. We'll do this together. Let them catch their breath. Let them be able to get out of the flight mode. Or the fight mode. Mm-hmm. Or the freeze mode. <sighs> help them out of that. Then help them approach in a thinking brain following the owner usually. One other thing that you talked about modeling with the owner showing the puppy. The owner touching the thing or touching the toy or the umbrella or whatever. And there's also if you have a calm adult dog. Yes. Who's mm-hmm. not worried, not afraid, and is confident. If the adult dog will go up and touch the umbrella and get the treat that's been dropped in the umbrella, then the puppy goes, oh, okay, he's my buddy, I know him, and look what he's doing, and he got a cookie. Okay, I can do that too. He was brave, maybe I can be too. Yeah. We talk about umbrellas because that's kind of a joke. I went to a trainer's conference on the West Coast, and half the trainers were from the Northwest, half from the Southwest talking about what we use in classes to elicit a fear response that we can then Work teach on. the bounce back. And uh, when the people in the Southwest said we use umbrellas, you can put them on the ground, you can hang them over your head, you can pop them open and close them. And those in the Northwest, you know, Seattle, Portland, they're like, umbrellas? Those don't bother puppies. They see them every day. But sunglasses, sunglasses <laughs> freak out puppies. <laughs> So it's back to Cisco and the livestock. Right. It doesn't have to be normal for a dog's life. It's normal for what they've experienced. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And anything outside of that. And then there's the story that I always have to admit that uh, when we, we, three of us took a trip with our dogs and (laughs) Quill was young and we went on to the Monterey Wharf. Uh-huh. And what was, how high was that statue? 10, oh. 12 feet? Oh, no, no. 8 or 10. 8 or no. 10. Well, he was on a pedestal, but he wasn't. Well, yeah, he was on a pedestal, so uh, probably yeah. 10-ish. Yeah. I'll say 10 feet. Although he was probably about 6 foot around because he was a fat, He's chubby a fisherman. fisherman. The fisherman with fisherman. the with the yellow raincoat Coat. on uh-huh. statue. Uh-huh. Yes. Looming over us. Right. And my little terrier, <laughs> you know, bouncy investigative <laughs> terrier, oh, went, there's giants they're scary (laughs) so um i stepped once i calmed him down then i stepped forward and i walked around it in ever smaller circles only as fast as he was willing to follow me dropping treats touching the statue having a party with the statue she hugged the statue I got up on the pedestal and wrapped myself around him. And Petra and I were walking away going, la-di-da-di-da-di-da. all over that fisherman. (laughs) We had a torrid (laughs) 15-minute romance, yes. And you were on camera. That was it. And I was feeling so pleased because my terrier got up there and put his feet on there and said, oh, oh, it's just that. Oh, that's fine. Later that afternoon, when we went down to the aquarium, we discovered that that area was under closed-circuit TV. 
And somebody, Native no wildlife. Doubt, somebody, no doubt, was down in the aquarium going, look at that foolish woman. What is she? She's on drugs. I know she's on drugs. And that poor dog is following her. And we never let her live it down. Nope. Nope. And I would That's still great. go make out with a statue if I needed to, to get a puppy to cope with it. All right. And I think not always that. Um those statues, there was a statue we like the garden with a, we were working with a service dog and went into the big box store and there was a bronze statue of the little girl with bending over to smell the daisies. And the dog oh, went, yeah. oh, it's a little girl. Wait, she's not moving. She's scary. And wanted to freak. And so we worked him through that. Mm-hmm. So we talked to a student not too long ago who freaked out at a neighbor's garden gnome. I guess when the ex- that one travel company has a garden gnome, gnomes became more popular. Ah, Travelocity. Yeah, and I wasn't going to name the company. Oh, but- sorry. Pretend <laughs> you didn't hear that. I muttered it. But garden gnomes became more popular, and I guess a neighbor put three or four in the front yard. And she was walking her young dog down the street, and all of a sudden she said his head about pivoted off his neck, and he went, whoa, 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 There are weird, freaky things in that front yard. Yes. So, especially if they, they are weird. Unim- you know. When uh, yeah. Melissa's Toby was a young dog, she would call me and say, okay, it's getting close to Halloween. Let's go walk Toby and go find some of those blow-up decorations oh, yeah. in yeah. the front yard. I was thinking of that one. Yeah. Well, so we, we have them walk. here at the yard. We have people them here. say, oh, my dog's worried about it. And we're like, oh, yep. we'll introduce them. Go work on it. Go t- yep. throw away some treats. Have some great time. Mm-hmm. So Halloween and Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know exactly why Mickey Mouse on an airplane in a blow-up thing represents Christmas. But, hey, it was a <laughs> chance to work on weird, scu- weird stuff. There you go. And teach our dogs whatever their cue word was. Mine is check it out. Yours is... Let's go see it. Let's go see. Anyway. I don't know what mine is. Uh. Oh, Rio. Yeah, it's probably. probably. <laughs> it's probably an oh, Rio. <laughs> Come on. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had to start with one for Gina, so she had a definite, Q. definite clear cue that that was not going to injure her. Yeah. And then I've just continued it with my other dogs. But yeah. So if you've got a young dog, here's your opportunity to take them out to new and different places, possibly scary, and make it okay for them. The only thing that I want to add to that, that we we only talked about a little bit. You talked about with the fisherman statue, you walked around in circles, gradually decreasing. If the dog is worried or is afraid, find out how far away he needs to be to be comfortable, and then gradually and some dogs it may take a little while it may take several days mm-hmm. gradually decrease that distance you mentioned don't drag them in by the leash or the neck or whatever that safety zone that flight zone that safety zone where the dog feels comfortable we need to honor that until he's more comfortable getting closer threshold threshold mm-hmm. yeah. threshold is that doorway if they take one more step They've gone over threshold and they lose it. Right. And they're not thinking then. And for myself, I think about when we would host the rattlesnake avoidance clinics. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And they would have live rattlesnakes out there. Where's my threshold? 
When do I get so close that I'm about ready to lose it? Well, <laughs> mine was like 20 feet away. <laughs> and Rationally, right we all knew that they had been muzzled yeah. and that they were therefore safe to handle. But irrationally, yeah. that fight or flight, that thing would come up and hit me in the leg and I'm going, it can't bite me, it can't. Yeah. The reptilian yeah. portion of my brain went, no, run away, run away, you stupid fool. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So... When your dog is dealing with that kind of fear, imagine that you're being asked to walk towards a rattlesnake. <laughs> yep. Okay? <laughs> yeah. What do you need so that you can be, feel bold enough diapers. to step up? Diapers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hip waiting boots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even that. Teach your puppy to cope because life will provide things that are going to upset your puppy. You can't get away from it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. It's life. And we don't want to wrap them in cotton balls and put them in the house and leave them there. No. Because then you can't go places with them. You can't do stuff. No. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, I think we gave you lots to think about. Hopefully that'll help. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Take care. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>